when you watch football, people don't watch football because they have a favorite team. They actually watch football because of the tension. And the case in point is um, the moment that like your team just blows out the other team or anyway, yeah. um, the, the, you'll, you'll turn off the, the game because you know, okay, I know where this is going. Um, and it's really the tension when it's a close game. I mean, you couldn't care about either team, but if the game's close, you'll continue to, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with preaching. I think a lot of times, um, especially when I was early on in preaching, I was like, I just need to communicate these ideas. And if I do that, then like I did a good job. But people would zone out really quickly and I didn't understand it. And it was just I was trying to answer the question too quickly for him. Welcome back to In the Trenches podcast, guys. We hope you guys are having a great week. It is good to be back. I'm here with Elliot and Gary. Gary, how are you doing specifically? Because Gary just got back from a crazy trip. I'm good. I'm getting tired. Went to New York with my youngest son for his graduation trip. But yeah, it was fun. Got in a couple hours ago. Nice. I know. They flew in like four hours, not even four hours ago when we were recording a podcast. Wow. Elliot, how are you? Good. Yep. Didn't fly in four hours ago. So I'm doing good. That's good. That is good. And today we have a special guest. His name is Theo. He's actually been on the podcast before. But Theo, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Repeat offender to the podcast. So I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Alum. Yeah. Is the last yeah. time you were on when we did? Yes, the crossover with, yeah, episode. Fits of faith. Mm-hmm. The crossover. Pour one out for ministry nights. Fits of faith. Honestly, wow. that was still one that was really awkward for me because I'm just sitting there. I'm just like in your chaps. Yeah, I'm like, your, I'm, I'm like I'm not. On, I should not be here right now. Overalls, <laughs> yeah, because it's all about fashion. Yeah, and I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> Listen, anything is possible, Charlie. Yeah. I believe we can turn you into a fashion icon. I don't think I want to though. <laughs> no, listen, it's there. I know you want to. Like extreme makeover <laughs> yeah. youth pastor <laughs> edition, country edition. <laughs> That'd be sick. Honestly, oh, I'm for it. You need one piece of clothing that's not Carhartt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of country, we actually just came back from the country. Youth Alive. We did. In Norco, yep. California. What are, you, what, are your, what are your thoughts on it, man? Yeah. We had our Youth Alive rally uh, on Saturday, the 30th of September. Um, and I, I was super pleased with it. It was amazing. Uh we were able to give every student that came a Youth Alive Fire Bible, um, which is, yeah, that alone is worth the investment. But there's a lot of cool things we talked about. I mean, our speakers were great. Ben Graves and Lee Rogers. We did Alive in Five training, which is, yeah. uh, you know, huge. training students on how to share the gospel. I think clubs will launch because of this. But again, like the goal for us has never been to um, launch clubs because I think, uh they are a useful tool, but when they are like the epitome of reaching your campus, I think sometimes you're missing it. So we want to mobilize students as missionaries. And I feel like we really did that this year more than, you know, not just like talking about it, yeah. a year of like inspiration, um, but like super practical having uh, Alex Delgado come in and talk about what he's been doing with Teen Challenge Prevention. And they're already on uh, a bunch of school campuses yeah. doing assemblies and so again it's sort of like assembling as much resource that's how i view w- what i'm doing just getting as much resource as i can and then taking all my cues from the local church like i'm not going to tell you how to do your job or what works for your city but if there's something that like piques your interest or your students interest we want to partner with it um yeah it was really really good 
thankful for Norco for hosting us. Uh, yeah. Our merch was amazing. It was great. Solomon Joy designed it. and uh, I just want to know why it, we had to wait until it was at Norco to have a cowboy on some of our merch. I don't know, man. Don't pretend like you don't know why the yeah, yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that merch was sick. I, I did, That was uh, some sick merch for sure. I do want to know, though, for those that are out there that showed up for the Youth Alive rally if Norco is as country as these two make it out to be? Because I don't think it is. Yeah, you wouldn't think it is. <laughs> so the best part was the fact, like, Tony Orlando, for instance, he always stands up for me saying that Norco's not very um, country, and then he sends us a picture of one of the most redneck cowboys I've ever seen in my life at a Chick-fil-A yeah. in Norco. And it was your pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, enough about the Youth Alive rally. Theo, um, why don't you really quick just kind of share who you are, uh, where you're a pastor at, and, and some of your hobbies. And, of course, we're going to ask you the famous uh, crazy youth ministry story, even though you've been on the podcast just for those that maybe are new or haven't listened to that episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am, my name is Theo, obviously. Been a youth pastor now for close to like a decade, which is kind of crazy. That's wild. Um, we're getting old. And uh, did that in Arizona for um, at a youth group for about five years and then worked in the network office in Arizona as well with youth and young adults for quite a while. Um, and then about like a year and a half ago, my wife and I moved to Los Angeles and um, became the youth pastors at Hillsong Los Angeles. Um, and so I've been doing that for um, just over a year now and um, has been a really fun season. Definitely like uh, a season that's been cool to like cast vision kind of in a rebuilding um, time, which has been a lot of fun and a new kind of position for me as well, which has been fun. Um, but yeah, that's us. What church you at? Hillsong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Do we yeah. got questions for <laughs> yeah, this episode? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys picked the right episode to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. This is like documentary 2.5 right here today. 2.5. <laughs> 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 to wait to get into it. It's not a full documentary, but. Today's oh. episode is brought to you by yeah. Discovery Plus. Um, yeah, they break through the door yeah. and come in. Yeah. We got him. We want you to just make official statements, okay? Um, Charlie, oh, his man. first question, what's it like being in L.A. with all them liberals? <laughs> you know, I don't think it's as liberal. Like, I don't get it. Like, I that, just, I... Not to jump right into the questions, yeah, yeah. but... <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. Um, but how is that, going from Arizona to LA, like that whole transition. I know, I guess we'll get to your story later, but like that was just something that just popped into my head right away. It was like, yeah. that is a, a culture shock almost. Yeah. Not for this guy. I've I never met someone more LA in my life <laughs> Dude, than that is very Theo true. Ryan. We went like right now he's wearing like a, a neon yellow Mack truck hat. Hey, Mack truck though. This And, you know, and, 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 and I Biden Harris shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Uh, I guarantee you, this guy's never drove a Mack truck before no. in his life. Yeah, no, there's no way. But it's a it, sick hat, though. It, it no, is it is. I, but I, I'm I, just saying, you, like, you. you look at his style, and it's always been as long as I've known Theo. Like, yeah. he just he fits the yeah. mold. Yeah, sure. yeah. Listen, I mean, we we definitely loved Phoenix, and both uh, my wife's family and Phoenix, the LA my, of Arizona, yeah, as yeah, people yeah. call it. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, we so yeah, our family's all from Arizona, so. Um, we definitely love Phoenix, but um, part of us moving even out here was trying to um, get to a city because I think that's where both my wife and I feel called is that more like um, inner city context. And mm. so it's actually been um, really fun to be in that dynamic and um, kind of space, which is something we wanted for a bit. Dude, what, knowing Theo, though, for anyone who meets him at like a uh, conference or whatever, 
he like it is such a pet peeve of his because it's everywhere bro like when we went to arizona with him all of those people were just hating on him and they're like <laughs> calling him mr hollywood and stuff like that predominantly uh, you <laughs> I, I did i did get it started yeah i did i did plant that seed uh sounds about right but it's because they just kept being like you're so la i'm like oh yeah this guy big big la guy over here so dumb oh, that is so if you fun. see him please yeah yeah, call, thanks. Call thanks for superstar, that, yeah, love that. Mr. Hollywood. Love that, love superstar. That. Yeah. That is so funny. But yeah, um, why don't you go ahead? But though. you're not a liberal, are you? <laughs> yeah, my next Sorry. question. <laughs> um, no, but why don't you go ahead and, and just kind of share a, a crazy youth ministry story that you have? Yeah, I feel like um, I have a handful. I was trying to think like how uh, how far we want to go down the rabbit trail of stories that yeah. I could potentially so one tell. week, Justin was at a youth group and... Uh, Justin Bieber. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Theo has two of the craziest stories I've ever heard. I don't think we'll share them on the podcast. Yeah. Maybe. Who yeah. knows? But they are... Uh, Someday we have to have them. Just a whole sure. conversation. Why can't we about share them? What, it would take a long time to go that It's a long, it's a long story and, you know, we got time heals, you know? Mm. Time heals. It would have to be a talk so, all about alone. what... N- what not to do on mission trips. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Exactly. One yeah. day. One what day. about, how about this? At the youth pastor refresher. Yeah. There we go. Theo yeah. shares that story. If you throw like a voice coder on me so you can't <laughs> yeah. identify yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. They had a yeah. handful of those in the documentary. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, it's like, let's stop talking about that. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, it's moving on. Um, uh, man, crazy youth ministry story. I feel like the the classic go-to for me is I, like early on in youth ministry, thought it was a good idea to do a hot dog eating contest right before worship. So our keys player, who's like super competitive, like downs, man, probably like 15 hot dogs and then gets up to like play a pad into worship and just pukes all <laughs> over the keys. And no then it's like, they, I mean, all of our tracks were like run through there and stuff. So it's like, how do you bounce back from puke? Oh, like over literally gosh. everything we need. And um, that was a tough one. A lot of like weird vomit stories. We had another girl one time. She was our worship leader. She comes up. We call her up for the altar. This is actually it's all worship. <laughs> yeah, this was Carson was actually speaking at this. Um, who was on the podcast with me last? Um, she comes up on stage, gets to like the middle of the stage during the altar response, puts her guitar on, like goes to strum, and then just goes, "I'm so sorry." Like bends over, throws up, and then just like keeps trying to like play like strum. And Carson like turns around. He's like. All right, if everybody could just bow your heads and close your eyes, like we're just gonna uh, go into the altar now. It's really bad, bro. Oh, it was so bad. She should have thrown up into like the little hole of the guitar. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, oh. oh god, it's like kid. slushing around in there. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't understand why she got on stage and she's like, "Now is the time I will throw." Yeah. We had a kid in our youth group one night, and, and worship is happening. I don't know what it's about worship. Worship's happening, so we have all these kids up front, and I'm standing on one side. And, uh, and all of a sudden I just, I hear a little bit of noise and then I see people start to move. And so I walk over there and there's this one kid and he is not just throwing up like, like, like it's almost like the movie stand by me where it's just like, he just bends over oh calmly God. and it's just oh like, <laughs> and just starts pouring out of him. That was hard enough. But then one of my girl leaders, I thank God for her. But what made me sick is she went and got a bunch of paper towels and started oh, wiping it up. There's no oh. way. I was, oh, it was, I don't know what it is about worship. There's no, yeah, sick. man. Moving in the spirit, I guess. Demons. Yeah, I was going to say demons coming out. For but sure. Yeah. That's, uh, it's so tough. Yeah, I don't, I mean, and then it's like you're the youth pastor, so you have to like figure it out. Yeah. We went to camp one year and we literally pull into the like, that we come back down the mountain, get into the parking lot where the parents are at. 
the bus stops and a kid gets up to the front and throws up like right at the front. <laughs> so there's no way to exit the bus now. So we now have to just sit on this bus with what you with had that. something happen to you at camp though, like one of your last camps in Arizona with a a student, uh, like a guy. Is this not for the podcast? That would maybe? be another one that we okay. could add to the other. There, there's so many stories, stories I know about yeah. you, but I'm like, I know you have a camp. We do an episode called a, the podcast after dark. Yeah, but I'm just saying, what's it called? Those dudes, uh, youth pastor chronicles. They tell yeah. some wild Ape, stories. They uh, do, yeah. Bro. Dude, as youth pastor, you have to, one of the things you're going to have to do at one point as a youth pastor is get up and talk through an awkward moment. Totally. And, yes. And like, how do you even like, or like counsel through here? it? I was oh. just telling, uh, Carter and me and Bankhead went to a group in Oceanside and we were talk like telling a story on the way back about counseling these two boys through just a tough time. Yeah. And one of the boys said the craziest thing I've ever heard to this day in youth ministry. <laughs> I mean, don't tempt me. I'll say it. you're the one who have to edit it, it out. But uh, or I don't. Yeah, it. But having to like just put that in the back of my mind, what that kid just said, as one of the funniest things I've ever heard in For my sure. life, and still just keep counseling him through it. And then later, once he left, being like, "Dang, I can't believe we got to hear that." There's nothing worse than it being like that was really funny, but yeah. I, I can't like yeah. acknowledge. It that. wasn't, and to... it's never when people are trying yeah, to yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Well, enough about throw up. Um, but Theo, uh, in youth ministry, obviously, like you said you, you've been in ministry for twelve or almost a decade now, and um, obviously, there are certain passions that come and go in, in ministry. And so, I just want to know, and we want to know, what are your passions right now when it comes to doing ministry? Yeah, I think um, one of the things, uh, especially since kind of coming into this new role, that um, I've figured has worked like really well is just having. Um, almost like month long focuses with our leader about some, mm. our leaders about something like super specific. Um, uh, he has one leader. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, dang it, I gave it away. With, like, with our leader. I mean, yeah. leaders, we have multiple. I'm like, I mean them. my wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so anyway, so part of um, that right now for us, we've been going through this book, Faith for Exiles. I don't mm. know if you guys have read it, um, but it's really good. It's by um, the guy who leads Barna, David Kinnaman. Mm. Essentially, the premise of the book is um, talking about how uh, in the Old Testament you have um, people like Daniel who um, really were like born and raised in Babylon in exile, but still lived out their faith in a really compelling yeah. way. And um, and he talks about kind of what are the um, ways that you can distinguish um, resilient disciples is what he calls them. Wow. And um, part of what we've been focusing on for this month is specifically um, critical thinking. So how do you get students not just to like communicate ideas or cool concepts, but how do you get them to actually think for themselves in a way that they can um, effectively feed themselves beyond just a message or a Sunday yeah. experience or whatever that looks like. So that's been a big focus for us right now. Dude, that's dope. Well, how long have you been, guys been doing that? So we started this book, man, probably like three months ago. We're going very slow. Mm. Uh, I think I was a little overambitious and then it's like, um, it's just a lot of, I think, dense concepts and you're yeah. you're honestly um in some senses doing ministry in a very different way when it comes to um rather than just communicating an idea how do i actually get them to think so we're, what we're trying to do is think through everything from preaching to our small group systems mm -hmm. to even the ways that we're having conversations with students, thinking through the lens of how do I get them to think for themselves and not just communicate the idea. Yeah. Um, and we've been doing that probably for about a month now, um, specifically in preaching. What does it look like for us to preach in a way that can help them think for themselves? 
Dude, that's huge. That's awesome. So what does your like a, a youth night look like for you? Because you kind of gave a handful of different ones right there. So yeah. What, what does that, a typical night look like? So it's kind of constantly like a, a changing door right now. We're, we're in the process of just like what's going to work kind of with where we're at. But currently we do um, a Sunday morning. Um, we call it Youth AM, but it's kind of like more of a um, really like topical based, um, almost like a Sunday school feel. Yeah. Um, so we'll do that on Sunday mornings. And then we have midweek small groups um, and do those in houses um, throughout the city. That's another very different dynamic coming from Phoenix where it's like it's predominantly suburban. Mm-hmm. Um, you put on something, kids will come. Um, versus L.A. where it's like getting parents to drive their kids literally anywhere is yeah. such a challenge. Um, so trying to figure out how to do that effectively, but right now do some of those through midweek and then we'll do, um, ideally once a month, but right now once a quarter, like big nights. Um, and we actually do both our orange County location and our Los Angeles location together uh, for those nights. How does that work for you guys? Like doing those nights together? Cause it's essentially multi-site. And so it's like from like my background, it's like we're a multi-site church. And so, uh, there's always some kind of tension uh, of doing that together. So how, how have you guys navigated? that yeah i think um a couple of things i think one uh we try to as much as possible stay away from the language of like la and orange county mm. and just try to keep it like everything together um so even when we're together very rarely will we be like you know do the whole like la orange yeah, county yeah. thing um so trying to again just communicate this idea that we're all one like youth group in two different locations um and yeah then I th- you gotta be able to tell which kids are from where though <laughs> You know, I mean, <laughs> you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Maybe a lot more homeschoolers in this uh, yeah, yeah, region yeah. of the uh, yeah. Um, and so that's that's a big part of it. And then I say the other thing is um, we just really work on making sure all of the um, language, like service structure, all of that is the same across the board. Yeah. So that regardless of like where a student shows up, it's going to be the same experience across both. So I think that's actually helped us quite a bit um, avoid any of those dynamics that maybe could pop up if, if we weren't careful. Um, and then anytime I do catch it, just making sure I'm on leaders of like, hey, we can't let the conversation go that way, um, which is something I've been growing in quite a bit lately. So the you're talking about like the critical thinking aspect. Yeah. So practically, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah. I think when it comes to preaching specifically, um, one of the things that, um, well, there's two things that we've really focused on. So first um, would it be making sure that when you're um, hitting a tension of a message, making sure that it's actually the tension of the message. So I think mm-hmm. what happens sometimes is you'll get people that are very like well-intentioned and they actually preach like a very good message. It's just not the actual heart of what a student's thinking about, yeah. um, which is where like we know bringing students into that kind of process uh, sermon writing process is like a big part of that. Um, but building the tension and then keeping that tension throughout the entire message. So rather than just very quickly saying, here's the problem, here's the solution, um, trying to take students kind of down the rabbit trails of what maybe they would think into how to answer the problem. Mm-hmm. So we're working a lot with um, like, how can you, um, even in a message, how can I say, well, maybe you think the answer to um, say your anxiety is X. Let's talk about why all of the reasons why that might not be the case and continue to like bring them down these um, trails so that by the end of the message, you say, hey, these options that maybe you thought about don't necessarily work. And here's why um, obviously Jesus and, and scripture is like the true answer for that. And um, I think we've, we've found that it um, really makes students start to, again, like contextualize what's being communicated and really process through like, oh, okay, they thought about it this way when they did that. So like taking them into your mind, they thought about it this way. And so now I maybe can do that in, in some of my own conversations and things. So the conversations that have come from that have been really cool. Yeah. You're talking about 
preaching the tension or like you know making the tension the main point and sometimes we don't do that what do you mean by that yeah so the best analogy i've heard for it is um when you watch football people don't watch football because they have a favorite team they actually watch football because of the tension and the case in point is um the moment that like your team just blows out the other team or anyway yeah um the the, you'll you'll turn off the the game because you know okay i know where this is going um, and it's really the tension when it's a close game. I mean, you couldn't care about either team, but if the game's close, you'll continue to, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with preaching. I think a lot of times, um, especially when I was early on in preaching, I was like, I just need to communicate these ideas. And if I do that, then like I did a good job, but people would zone out really quickly and I didn't understand it. And it was just, I was trying to answer the question too quickly for him. Hmm. Um, and so keeping the tension or like, you know, the, the problem, um, so to speak, I think really helps them uh, both engage because we're, you know, we're story-driven beings. So we want resolve to to the answer. So if you present a really good problem, people will pay attention. Um, but then also helping them not just, um, again, not just come up with the, the solution or the answer, but actually figuring out how to think about it. Hmm. I like it. So pretend I'm one of your students right now. <laughs> You're like, here's some theoretical yeah. problems that yes, I have. Yes, yes, yes. Just as one of your students. Yeah. No, um, no, I like that. That's sick. And then, I mean, there's the other, we've kind of touched on a little bit, but as long as I've been a youth pastor here, LA is kind of like the Bermuda Triangle of youth ministry, especially. And we have some incredible youth pastors and and mostly in those contexts, it's like volunteer, part-time, bivocational. Um, And I've gone to some groups out there, but it is just like, I think people don't understand what it's like until they're they're there totally doing it um so i can just imagine the practical troubles you guys are facing just trying to do you the things we take for granted like yeah. a, a week night service yeah. it's just kind of yeah. you know a part of the culture totally uh is which is it, where i think like some of the trial and error whereas like coming into this i think there was a certain element whether you call it pride or just experience or whatever you want to call it, whether you're like positive or negative. Yeah. Um, but coming into it that I was like, I think I should have a pretty concrete idea of this is what we do. And then I think really quickly learned it's just not going to work in the same context. Yeah. And so that's where the trial and error for us has come in of like, we just have to be willing to try anything and recognize when something works, just repeat it and don't, don't feel like, um, you have to like reinvent the wheel sometimes too. So it's been a big season of like just looking at other youth pastors and borrowing what they're doing and just kind of trying everything. And I feel like we're getting to a spot where we have kind of a pretty good um, rhythm of what, what things will look like moving forward. Um, but that's also been a big lesson I think from this season is, is that dynamic. Yeah. Especially cause you're only a year in yeah. to in LA. Yeah. And so it's just like, there's even so many things like you just said, like the trial and error process of it all. And, but I think, what you just said is so key and this isn't just for people that live in LA but I think anyone that's starting off in youth ministry I think it going I look at it in the more negative sense because I yeah. went into my first year of youth ministry with pride of yeah like I know I know what I'm doing yeah. I've watched the other guy do it and it's like it's not good and I was like totally. 19 20 I was like I didn't know a thing I still don't um but being willing to be flexible and being willing to change your plans for what God really wants is the huge part. And I just want to encourage any young youth pastor, any youth pastor that maybe have stu- has been stuck in those ways, like, hey, if it's not working, maybe that's God saying, it's time to change. Yeah. It's time to, to flip the script really quick. Yeah. I think it's a, a common mistake. Not mistake. I think it's just an age thing sometimes. and not just age, but... Mm-hmm. 
um, maturity as you become youth pastor is is at the beginning so much of it becomes about big and numbers mm-hmm. and all of yeah. that and then you come to that realization of it's about building something to last in these students lives or relationship mm-hmm. with Christ that will last and 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 your your perspectives change as you mature just like as you grow older as a man I think as a youth pastor you yeah. mature and it's a process yeah. and you get better at it yeah well and I think that's also that numbers dynamic is part of why I love this critical thinking idea because mm-hmm. I mean you can get a bunch of people into a room but if you aren't actually teaching them how to think like it, does any of this matter? Um, which is also why you look at people who like, you know, deconstruct their faith and walk out of, you know, youth group and college and all those sort of things. It's because we just didn't give them the tools to feed themselves. Yeah. And so I think it's been it's been helpful for me um, thinking through this lens because I don't even necessarily have to think of like numbers or not. Like that's not even the conversation. It's more like if we're going to do this, there's some very practical things that we have to, to focus on. And it, I think at least I've found it's made sure that our alignment's going in the right direction yeah. um, for some of those things. Yeah. It is like, uh, I think in my early days of youth ministry, I was very, especially like with my leaders, but also students, I was very like focused on behavioral modification. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like if I could get you sign this leadership contract, do these things and, you know, just do what I'm doing sort of a thing. We're going to be great. Uh, And realize like how shallow that was like 18 months in when I lost my full leadership team. Like it just wasn't (laughs) working. Yeah. But realizing that what we're doing is like more complex than that, I guess. Uh, And for me, it's looked like even just like spending time with students on a drive somewhere and just asking questions rather than presenting answers, like in a cabin time at a summer camp or in small groups that you have set up at your church or just relational discipleship that you're doing, right? Going to lunch with some kids or going to a game. And just like, and it doesn't have to be weird, but just presenting some, like when those moments happen, presenting some questions. Like I remember being on a ride with uh, Asher, Gary's youngest son, just came back from New York and a couple other students. And we were just talking, we we're going to a church, but I just started asking them questions about like, uh, you know, like, what do you believe? And like, what are you talking about? You know, what we believe. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, yeah. just pretend I don't like, what do you believe we believe in jesus i'm like okay well what does that mean like that's the right answer i guess but like why why what and then just constantly kind of pushing back and getting them maybe to a place where they're like i mean i don't know i've never thought about that before and it's like well you probably should think about that Mm -hmm. uh but it's easier for people like me and i think youth pastors to not want to sit in like the awkward tension of like silence totally and then just answer, you know, like I've steamrolled many a small group. Yeah. I just like, you have the question you're supposed to ask kids and no one answers. And you're like, well, here's what this means to me. You know, yeah, and you're like, yeah. but just allowing people to kind of sit in that yeah. and think and deal with it, wrestle with it a little bit. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, huge. I think if we aren't careful, like our youth groups can answer the problem of loneliness, but not actually the salvation that our students need. Mm. So it's like we live in a loneliness epidemic. So if we create these spaces where they come hang out. Like, yeah, I feel better because I have friends, yeah. but they aren't actually like giving their lives to Jesus. And again, it, it's just it, it it's just our job to reframe what are we actually giving our students that yeah. are tangible tools that'll last. It just goes back to what we've talked about so much on this podcast is, is depth and, and mm-hmm. giving students depth and understanding of what it is to be a follower of Christ and yeah. not just, um, you know, I, I think, you know, 
we, we raised a generation that if they feel bad, oh, I want to feel good. It almost becomes about themselves. I want to yeah. feel good. Yeah. I just want to listen to some worship music. That will make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of digging into the Word and understanding yeah. what it says, and, and, and again, it becomes this surface thing. So then all of a sudden we have all this whole generation that just wants to feel good and and you know following the rules of, of the Bible isn't just feel good because they, mm-hmm. they don't have an understanding of why totally why do we follow this why yeah. do we do what it says and so i love it i think it's it's, it's something i wish every youth pastor would just catch a vision for uh, of just really helping them understand the why and what scripture says and again not just what it says but why we believe it why do we listen to it why yeah. you know it's yeah it's good it's huge yeah yeah, I, I want to ask, though, when it comes to the book, what was the book called again? It's called Faith for Exiles by um, David Kinnaman. What is, like, for your leadership team, because I, I love that whole idea and the mm-hmm. fact that you guys are going through it. For your leadership team, what is, like, one of the biggest, like, um, questions, I guess, they would have when it comes to reading this? Or even, is this the first book you've done with your team? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, well, even, the Bible, of course. Okay. So. Yeah. No, that's good. Make sure we got to make sure we have that. <laughs> um, but what were some like the big questions that they had that um, maybe as a youth pastor you're like, oh, that's a that's yeah. a that's a good question. Yeah, I think um, no, it's a great question. I think part of this to to like roundabout answer the question, yeah. I think part of this also has made me have to refocus my energy from predominantly spending time with students to spending time with leaders. Yeah. yeah. Because um, if I'm going to get our students to think critically, then I have to make sure our leaders can think critically to communicate that to our students. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's also been um, one where like to answer your question, I've had to spend way more time with, um, with our leaders. So we do every other week, we do like a leaders small group gotcha. and, um, I guess technically I haven't made them read the book. I read it and just like taught it to them. But we went through um, Confronting Christianity. It goes through 12 kind of difficult conversations. So it's stuff like um, how could a loving God allow suffering in the world? Mm. Um, it's What's your answer? <laughs> yeah, okay. And then you're going to pin me up against Charlie <laughs> yeah. so that we can fight. Um, Remember at that lunch, me and Theo were at a lunch one time where uh, we were with some youth pastors we didn't know. And uh, everything was going fine until some dude was like wanting to just change the course of the conversation. And he asked us all uh, what we thought of the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. And then I gave my answer. I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. And then he was like, hmm. Because I watched it. I had to leave the theater. It didn't settle right <laughs> oh, with my spirit. Yeah, it was definitely gosh, a bait and switch. And then that sure. same dude, Got we're just caught. in the middle of normal conversation, <laughs> out of nowhere, turns to Theo and says, what do you think about women in ministry? Oh and Theo's God. like, Theo's like, um... He like giggles a little. He's like, what? He's like, no, what's your stance? And so then Theo has to like, he like physically repositioned himself yeah, and man. was like, all right, man, I guess I'll tell you my, st-. but uh, yeah. Yeah. This is, Why do good things happen to bad people? quality lunch for sure. Um, Got paid for though. Yeah, true. Oh, that's even better. By somebody true. at the table. Yeah, true. Shout out Jesus culture. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, I think just taking or creating that space to be, um, yeah, very like direct conversation. So it's been, again, it's been serious things that like students uh, come with, whether it's, you know, sexual identity, um, what do I even do about like mental health? How do I navigate this? For a lot of our leaders, it's like, I haven't gone through some of these same struggles. So how can I speak to this? So trying to help them think like properly about those sort of things as well. Yeah. but again, making sure that they themselves know actually how to find the the answers. So it's a lot of two of like, here's how you go through like basic, you know, hermeneutics and yeah. like how you actually do this yourself mm. so that then they can actually take those tools to students. One of the things we always say is it's okay to say you don't know. 
um, but always commit to find the answer with your student yeah, and huge. walk them like with walk with them to find the answer. And so that's the sort of stuff I've been having to do with leaders before they can go and do it with our students. But that's so important because mm-hmm. I mean I think I think there's some some youth pastors out there right now that would be very surprised by what by what their leaders believe. Yeah, yeah. it's true. And, it's huge. You know, I mean, it's a question that I learned eventually to ask. You yeah. Know, and to make sure leaders understood, here's what we believe. And yeah. Here's what we believe as a church. Totally. If you don't believe that, then yeah. we're not on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you have to remember, these leaders are alone with these students in rooms. Totally. Giving them wise counsel, yeah. at least we think wise. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, for all we know, they believe in something totally different. Yeah. And, but we never, if we don't ask, if we don't teach, if we don't lead our leaders, we'll never know. And man, can I tell you, youth pastors, if you want to save yourself a headache, know that your 100%. leaders are on the same, you know, thought process as you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so big. And I think too, like, so very, very accurate. And I think that was one of the things first coming in, like a lot of it was just like, here's where we land on all of these issues as a church. And then there was a lot of conversations that came back from people of like, we actually believe that and like mm-hmm. some difficult conversations to have. But I think... um my goal at the end of it wasn't to be like, you have to believe what I believe. Yeah. Um, I will say um, I communicated to them that if a student has a question about a topic that maybe we find a disagreement on, I would ask them to bring it to either myself or one of our like pastors so that there's a unity under what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, even there's some leaders on our, our team that maybe might land on, on different places than as a church, we would land on certain topics or issues. But at the same time, they know here's where we go with this. Here's kind of how we like move forward with this as well. And it's created a whole lot stronger of a relationship with those leaders too, because now there's an actual dialogue happening yeah. versus maybe what could happen in secret to your point where it's like there could be different counsel being given and, and you don't necessarily know where those conversations are going. Yeah. Maybe we could talk about this on the next episode, but I think the tension of like where where does that like room for disagreement end? Mm-hmm. is an interesting topic of mm-hmm. like where is there space for disagreement and mm-hmm. where is that like you can't be in leadership and yeah there, we could talk about that on the next one but i we will say i have to get a fifth mic the whole one. idea <laughs> true yeah yes. true but there was a um the whole idea of like finding stuff out about your leaders have you guys ever had that happen um like in real time like i for instance yes. i had a uh, cabin time i was a youth pastor I wasn't do, like hosting. It was, you know, the early days of being a youth pastor um, and I'm in a cabin time at camp and I'm kind of like trying to delegate and give leaders room. You know, we're always, we always say like, we want you to be the youth pastor yeah. of this kid. Yeah. And it's like true until they, <laughs> until they did, until they do something like this. I'm in the room and one of my guys is leading and he's real passionate. He's like, and I'm like, oh, he's doing a great job until he says, he's like, uh, and I don't even know how it took this turn, but he's talking about like accountability and like uh, being vulnerable and being real. Uh, and he's like, I know you. some of you guys are struggling with like pornography. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is good. Like he's going to open up this conversation. He's like, yeah, man, like I, I've been watching some stuff lately. Too. Like he just is oversharing yeah, yeah. and like, and and his theology about it was, was very off of, yeah. you know, like, you know, as long as you're not having sex, I'm like, whoa, I just had to like, <laughs> yeah. had to like jump into the conversation and be like, yeah. I'm going to take it from here. But, uh, yeah. and what'd you say? I was like, he's <laughs> onto something. I'm like, you know, uh, who can play this game, yeah. Elliot? Yeah. Hey, I'm not afraid. I'll tell you. Uh, 
funny. Yeah, bro. No, I think that'd be good, though, to talk into that when it comes to uh, the second episode. But I think it is so true going back to even like what you not only as a youth group, but obviously aligning with your church of what you guys do believe. This is something. What that, do you guys believe? No, yeah. Um, yeah, what do you believe? But what is the most out of pocket thing you guys have had like a leader say that you've had to like correct? Do you I, know what I'm saying? I, I remember I had some girls one time. We were, I think we might have been on a missions trip or a camp or somewhere. And uh, we had a couple girl leaders in there, and it got back to us what they were sharing with our girls. And I, mm. I think, I don't remember if it was something about sexuality or not, but I just remember Amy and I both being like, okay. And and one, you know, we kind of, I don't say, I don't think we took them out of leadership at that point, but they stepped out pretty quickly after that because there was some correction that had to take place. And, yeah. and I, for me, the, the, there's a fine line. I don't know if we want to wait till next week to go into all this or... Um, it's up to you guys, but to me, there's the a next really, episode? really fine line um, when it comes to um, what our leaders would believe and where mm. they stood on certain yeah. areas. Um, there wasn't much wiggle room. Let's yeah. save me. Let's. let's save I me. think let's save it because I think we'll have a lot to talk about yeah. there, and yeah. it'll be interesting. So and tune in next week. Cl- okay. Yeah, cliffhanger. Tune in next uh, week or next two weeks. I don't know how often these come out. Have you you guys ever had a? Out of pocket leader, you had a leader I've had a called God, leaders. Papa God, in a prayer one time yeah. when I was there. And that's also one that that's embarrassing. Some issues, dude. I had leaders one time, uh, uh, student leaders. So, but they were at camp, and they were like, they took the prayer time outside, mm. and they were they thought like the louder they prayed, the more mm. spiritual they were, which is true. And the, and it was a group of like four, yep. like homeschool past like church kid boys who just were being like so obnoxious with it and and then they just kept feeling like they wanted to pray for other people <laughs> yeah. but it was all females from other groups of course and i finally just had to be like all right guys enough like <laughs> prayer time is over yeah. it's i turned the lights on turned the music <laughs> off quench the spirit i was like quench it's done spirit. bro oh. uh brad and adult leader one time on a mission trip we were, we were in ireland and, they, and he said they you shall not pass <laughs> they disappeared and they were in a pub drinking bro love it not just drinking a little bit they were pretty toasted when they came out of the pub i had to go find them in the pub that is no wild way. like one of the first mission trips i, I ever led was on a trip to ireland <laughs> with yeah. gary yeah, it was sick um and that no, person was, is you it was uh belize and in belize the drinking age was 18 and we had this high school senior that ran off with one of our leaders and we found them in one of the bars in on the island on the last day and i was like oh this is awesome. I yeah. feel like I can't even though really talk about leaders and, and things that happen on missions trip. I yeah, like, I think around the, Theo. Like, Theo's got to tell this. Okay, next episode. Things that are when being it comes teased. to yep, yeah. next episode, we're gonna we save this. We're gonna we, talk about we, it, and that oh, he shouldn't tell the story. I think we save it for like a in a, person something that we just yeah make it makes everyone show up for the youth pastor refresher. We do yeah uh, at the youth pastor refresher we do one thing like. A that lot. would be so funny. In the trenches at dark or yeah, something. Yeah. I got brought in to just tell a story. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> That's kind of the dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> hey, if, if you aren't registered for the Youth Pastor Refresher, why don't you guys go ahead and do that? Youth Pastor Refresher is going to be happening November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. It's going to be out here in Fountain Valley. It's going to be a great time. But yeah, other than that, make sure to tune in to the next podcast as we've got some more stories. and um, gonna, yeah. yeah, we're going to dive Debate, in dude. to uh, some more conversation. So thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next podcast. Thank you.